All right, Effort Over Everything, Episode 7. Today, we got Shane McKay and Miles Raposo is going to be the star of the show. We are going to be talking about his army life and past stuff and all the people he's murdered. So, from that, let's get to it. Shane, or, um, Miles, have you murdered anyone? Nope. Damn. Nope, never killed anybody. Hmm. That's good. No, I've seen people get hurt, but I've never had to, uh, go down that path. Good. I'm happy for you. Can do some scarring, jarring stuff. Yeah. So you grew up on Vancouver Island? Right. Yeah, born and raised. So not actually not not Vancouver Island, but right between Vancouver Island and the mainland. Like Vancouver is a chain of Gulf Islands, and um, I grew up on the largest of the Gulf Islands on Salt Spring Island. Hmm. Um, super, very unique place. Very beautiful. Very, very. Um, what is the like culture like over there? What's that? What is the culture like over there? Like hippie man. Like hippies, like I grew up in like totally just like weed smoking, um, very down to earth, like peace and love kind of like culture. Like that's what Saltzburn Island is all about. Yeah. You told me a, a story about hitchhiking. Yeah, man. Right. Like hitchhiking is just the way oh. that's just how you travel. So when I was growing up, like, and it still is. So now they've like, they never had this when I was a kid, but now there's like hitchhiking points. So there's bus stops and then there's also hitchhiking signs. Like this is where you stick your thumb out to hitchhike. But you knew everybody. It was a small town. So they'd they'd be like, oh, there's there's Johnny's boy. There's Miles. Pick him up. Give him a lift. We're going to the south end. Like it's it's just very common. It was normal. So wherever you wanted to go, man, you you walked or hitchhiked. And I remember like when I first started getting into fitness, like when I really like started going to the gym all the time and really getting into it, I would just I was like, I'm just going to run everywhere i go and i'll hitchhike and if a car picks me up awesome if it doesn't i'll keep running and i put in tons of kilometers like that i used to do that everywhere i went i have a I'd fill my backpack up with what i needed and run and hitchhike <laughs> that is That's so cool. cool yeah man yeah, it's a cool spot. Really cool place. I like definitely suggest it for anybody that's near Vancouver Island. If you want to just go take a day, like over, they have like a Saturday market. It's like a really unique spot. Very, very, very nice spot. So, I mean, if you want to go chill on the beach, just relax. Um, definitely a good place to be. Hell yeah. Well, I'm guessing Can West would be close to... Yeah, so relatively close. Like, I mean, I guess, like, in in the grand scheme of things, yes, it's close, but it's still, you're probably looking at, like, three hours of travel, like, driving, and the ferry's, like, an hour and a half. You have to catch a, a, you have to catch a boat, right, over to the island, and and that's time-consuming in itself, but. I just hear Vancouver, and I think. Everything's there, yeah. 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 Damn. It's maybe the size of Canada. Yeah. Is it true? I heard the population of California is larger than Canada. I, I, if I had to bet, I would say yes. Yeah, the, the economy of California, I think, is like in the top ten of world economies. Yeah, that's like, insane. Yeah, California. Is huge. How large is it? Like, I mean, 39, California. It's thirty-nine a pretty, million. Yeah, thirty-nine yeah. million. How big is Canada? How many people? Thirty-five. Wow. 
Southern Canada. <laughs> We're huge. We've got tons of people. Well, there was like, a, wasn't there a joke? Something like, uh, oh, we got 37. We're getting close. There's some, right. sort of, some sort of joke about like if uh, Canada tried to invade the U.S., then they would just send like the L.A. Police Department to stop us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. To deal with it. They already deal with more people. Yeah. So you grow up on this small island that's apparently super down to earth, super hip, maybe granola even. And then what's this transition like to joining the military then? Because it doesn't sound like the type of place to to push push someone towards the military. Yeah, absolutely, man. So yeah, that's a good question. I had like in grade twelve, I hadn't been exposed to the military at all. It was never anything on my mind. I'd never seen anyone in uniform. Um and I think it was probably, I mean, whatever, I can speculate all I want, but it, I think it has a lot to do with my childhood and just um, the way I was raised. And I, I didn't have a lot of uh, direction. I mean, I was always involved with sports, um, always very active, but also very troubled. Like I felt I did a lot of stupid stuff when I was a kid and hung out with the wrong crowd, probably lots of great friends, but friends that were doing a lot of the wrong things. And I, I think I needed some of that discipline and I needed to do something with my life. I, I was in, in high school in grade 12, didn't want to go to college, didn't want to go to university. I mean, bad grades, like nothing to be proud of. Um, and I just remember I had a buddy of mine, he was serving in the reserves. So on the weekends, he'd go do um, like weekend exercises with the reservists and he played football with me. So we played football together. His name is Angus Frazier. And uh, he just said, hey, like, why don't you come up on a weekend with me and check it out? He's like, you'd probably like it. Like, you love to work out. Um, like, come see what these guys are all about. And I went for, I, I, I went, they had like morning PT. I went up there. I did some morning physical training with them. Uh, like, loved it right away. Just that culture. It was just like everybody was pushing each other. It was game on. It was like. Um, all I had been doing was like cranking weights, but they were doing like rope climbs and, uh, like agility ladders and burpees and tire flips. And, um, I just loved it. I ate it up right away. Um, we did some, some classes, some like, um, um, tactical kind of like classroom theory stuff. And then I was like, you know what, this is something that suits me, something I feel like I could excel in something that just made sense to me, like that could push me. Um, was going to be challenging, but I was like, I can, like, this is just perfect for me. This is, this is what I want to do. I want to deploy. I want to be a soldier. I want to go down this path and I definitely don't regret it at all. Yeah. Did you, did you get along with everyone pretty well? Uh, yeah. I, you know what? I, I'm going to say, yeah. Like I've always, I've always got along with, you know, most of the people I, I hang out with. I was definitely at that point in my life, very extroverted. Like I've become more introverted now. I enjoy my time on my own. But back then it was life of the party, man. Like it was all about hanging out with the boys, firing it up on the weekends. You know what I mean? Work hard, play hard, very much so in that culture, um, especially in my earlier years. So yeah, I got along with most of the boys for sure. Yeah, don't let this go to your head because I – you're you're a very charismatic person and so yeah to me i automatically assume that like it doesn't really matter what uh what group of people you're with you'll get along but at the same time um military guys sometimes can just be a little you know like hmm, 
right? Yeah. And and so cool. being the the funny like um, class clown almost like that may not work all the time when you're when you're hanging out right. with those guys. Um, and so I was just curious about like you know how did that happen? Like was it all good? Were they the chill, cool army guys, or were they the you know the drill yeah. sergeants? Like you know what you 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 kind of have to have both ends of the world. One sec here, I think I gotta check the door. The doorbell rang. Have you guys ever um, experienced like how 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 often do you guys experience with military members? And um, do you do you also because at least for me we have a bunch at our gym, and there are some um, military members that are really chill and like you you can't even tell. And then there are others that, like, you're like, yeah, he's military, just by the way he walks, talks, and acts. Do you guys have that? Yeah, like, I can tell a little bit, like, when someone comes into our gym, like, they kind of have that same kind of persona about them, but, no, all of them are really nice. Can't really complain about them too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I can, uh, I, I can spot it out sometimes, just, like, the way they... The way they act or whatever. Um, shout out Tim. If you know Tim from the gym, from Tundra. Um, he's very military. You can just tell the, by the way he acts. It's very funny. I like him. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll say yeah, like, like we the... have quite a few people from Shiloh, I guess, coming to our gym. I would say there's probably like at least maybe close to 10 people, yeah. which our gym's about 150, 200 right now. So quite a big amount of people coming Military. Yeah, so it's definitely, I'll say this about the military, and the, the one thing I found, I mean, so I served um, in the infantry, right? So, I mean, if you're going to be a frontline soldier, a grunt, and deal with the elements, um, freezing cold here in Manitoba, like freezing cold elements, um, I'm talking about, you, you're going to dig a hole, you're going to stand in that hole, you're not going to sleep, you're going to eat minimal food, you're going to be miserable. Like in order to, to suffer and deal with those, with that kind of environment, you have to be, you have to have a, a certain kind of humor. You have to have a certain kind of, of mindset and you got to be able to, you know, to laugh about it a little bit because, and you surround yourself. It's, that's the only thing that gets you through that, that the suffering is, it's the voice. I mean, you do, you do it for the guy to the left and the right of you. And I mean, that's what gets you through, man. Like, those personalities so it's awesome definitely met some really cool people awesome when you uh so you enlist and then what happens do you you have to travel right away to go away to boot camp like i'm sure there's only so many camps across canada that uh put put new recruits through that right yeah man yeah so what does so, that look like? yeah definitely so like you would go to a, re a recruiting center whatever your local recruiting center you'd uh sign up right you enlist. Um, there's a there's a period that I had to wait. I waited, I think, almost a year. So I was yeah, I'd finished school and I I waited about a year. So I was just doing landscaping, working um, part time, and then uh, I got a call about a year later, and they're like, hey, here's your flights, here's your dates. Um, you swear in, so you can either swear on a Bible or to the Queen. Um, and you swear, and at that point, you like you sign the dotted line, unlimited liability. Like you will, you do whatever you're ordered to do. You accept that, and you go away to basic training. Um, basic training is done in Saint Jean, Quebec. So I went away to Quebec. That's 14 weeks of 
like legit walk through the door. I had hair like this, like at, like like curly hair, like this big. I walk through the door. It's like line up. There's a yellow line through the hallways. You have to march on that yellow line. Like you can't come off of that line anywhere you go. So for 14 weeks, everywhere you go, you're marching on that line. They shave all, they sit in your seat, they shave all your ha your hair off. Then they send you to uh, sign up. If you don't have a bank, then you sign up with a bank account. They start your payroll. And then you go to um, the the MIR, the hospital, and you sit down and they give you your immunization. So it's like boom, 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 shots, hair shaved off. Here's your bank account, your paycheck. Time to Time to learn how to march and salute and do drill and dress and deportment and how to be a professional right so mm -hmm. um it's very very quick flash today like i remember arriving at whatever like one o'clock in the morning i'm on a bus and the second they get in it's it was game off but everyone off the bus adopt the push-up position and you're just shaking and suffering like and yeah it was definitely i, I was more than prepared for it i was ready for it but definitely takes a certain kind of individual to thrive in that environment. Yeah. Is that it overwhelming? Like, it, it, like just, just everything going from working part-time and then after going to part-time and, you know, just kind of, you know, go, coasting through life for the past year. I'm not saying you're coasting, but you, you get what I'm saying, right? And then you go to like, every, you walk on this yellow line, you do not step off, right? Like how, if you even fucking look to the right of you yeah. and you and you take a couple steps off that line you're donezo right right like every i'm i'm a guessing that's to like make it so that you you follow orders you like this is what you do right along with um shaving the hair right taking away any identity that you have right everyone is in this together you don't have some crazy hairstyle that separates you from everyone like everyone is the same everyone is a soldier we all fall in line. Is that at all like overwhelming? Because to me, like being stripped of my identity, my time, everything, I would like have a couple moments probably of like, this is crazy. What am I doing? Yeah, hundred percent, man. I think it's definitely like, no matter who you are, I think there's definitely a bit of a shock initially. Um, and how I don't think I really acknowledge that off the hop. It wasn't until I finished it and I went home for my first time after basic training that like my mom was like, you're, you're, you're different. Like yeah. you're like, I woke up in the morning and like, it was just night and day. Like, I mean, in basic training, you wake up in the morning, you know, zero, four, three, zero, you're on the road, zero, five and you're running. Like you're, you're out for a run or a rock in the morning. Then you come back. They give you literally, it's like whatever ballpark of like 10 minutes to go upstairs, shower, change, do whatever you have to do and be standing in front of your bed, ready for inspection with all of your clothing folded to the exact dimensions, hospital corners on your bed. I mean, everything needs to be tip top and it's, it's a gong show when the instructors come in there. Right. So, but I mean, I, I adapted to it. Well, I think, yes, there's a shock. It is overwhelming, but growing up, like I said, I was just, um, the way I was raised, like I never had one family home. My my, I move every year. We were in a different house. Um, I moved from from home to home, and I think a lot of kids struggle with that. They were used to home, 
what they considered home. And I, wherever I lay my head was home. And I was used to that. I was really used to that. So it was like, it was all good. I was, I was, I was ready to, to take it on. And that was just kind of my personality too. Like I ate it up. Like when the instructor came to my face and he said, you know, like whatever, like adopt the push-up position, give me 25. Like I was pumped to get down and give him 25 push-ups. And then if he told me, give me another 25, you know what I mean? Eat it up all day. Like I loved that and, and being pushed and proving people that I could thrive. So mm-hmm. I liked it. Oh, yeah i was just imagining you like your first trip home after you just described all that like you wake up at 5 a.m and you're like standing by your bed ready to go and mom walks in and she's like miles what are you doing you're like oh, oh right <laughs> let's go, mom. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like oh yeah. right I'm, i don't have to do this right now <laughs> just like, yeah oh damn so uh then from there like like what does that process look like so you like basic training's 14 months and then 14 weeks, 14, 14 weeks. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. And then, uh, then are you deployed right away or do you then just, they put you into a different camp? Like, yeah, so we're at that point in time, everybody, regardless of trade or element. So whether you're army, air force or Navy, you have to do basic training. Everyone learns the basics at that point in time, you then go off to your trades qualifications. So your trade specific training. If you're an Air Force, if you're an, you know, an Air Force mechanic or you're a sonar operator or whatever it is, you're a cook, a clerk, there's everything you can imagine in the military. You go to that specific school to learn how to do your trade. So for me, that was, I was joining the infantry. I went to combat school. So I went to school for, that's another 14 weeks of basic training times a hundred. Like, like it's, it's like basic training. Same thing, except for your frontline soldier. So for your your infantry battalion guys who are, it's PT all the time. So tons of physical training. You're always weighed down, heavy rucksack, um, weight vest um, with you know steel plates in every everywhere you go. You're always wearing your FFO, so your full fighting order. Um, always carrying your weapon with you. You do some theory stuff in the classrooms, and then you're constantly in the field. Uh, doing practical uh, assessments and exercises and learning how to do the job. That is, so did, did you guys ever do any of the, um, where like you're out in the woods and you have red team, blue team, green team, and you guys have like a fake battle or anything <laughs> like that? Yeah. Man, we have some really like incredible technology. So we do, um, every year there's an exercise called Maple Resolve. We go to Alberta and we use, it's called, um, like West kid or miles gear actually. And it's, uh, it's like, it's military laser tag. Like, mm-hmm. it's like you put on, there's like sensors all over you and it can be tracked from, um, like from higher up, they can track everything of the movement of everywhere everyone's going like through GPS. So they know where everyone is and they can see the entire battlefield. And then you have blank rounds. So no projectile, but there's, um, just you're just shooting blanks, so there's propellant and actual casing, but no projectile, and um, it activates like a sensor on the weapon that then shoots like laser tag essentially, and all of the vehicles are equipped with it, um, and it, this is like a three month exercise, like you're out there for three months, like playing army. That is so cool. 
It's not cool, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, it sounds cool. Have you have you ever seen um, Band of Brothers? Yeah, man, of course. Right, like that whole that show. Um, that that's kind of what I was thinking in the beginning when they're in boot camp, and they're uh, they're doing their whole thing. They're they're training up, and they're doing a combat exercise with different teams. And the yeah. main main douchebag, the guy from Friends, he's yeah. the squadron leader, and he just cracks under pressure. And yeah. uh, and you know, at at the time, you're just like yes. Yes, he's failing, right? Um, but that that's that's what made me think of that. So. Ross. Ross, yeah. 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 Fuck. Yeah. He's a really good douchebag in that in that show. He yeah. did exactly what he was supposed to do. I hated him. And that's yeah. yeah. And but you got you have to hate that kind of guy who's training up soldiers. You know, like that care that person, that job is not supposed to be liked. Like he's there to push you and make life yeah. miserable and to make you better. Man, so the best the best leader I've ever had was the opposite of that. Like he was he was the best leader I've ever had. His name uh, I'm trying to think if I should say names on here, but it's it's all good. Um, yeah, my 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 OC um, Major Riki at the time they call him the Reaper. Like no word of a lie, man. Like badass dude. Like straight up badass dude. Like 06 Afghanistan crew commander. I mean, it's not, I mean, it is what it is, man. It's, it's the job. And like mm -hmm. at that time they were in heavy, heavy combat and he mowed down countless, countless numbers, numbers of insurgents. And that's how we got that name. He was the Reaper. They called him call sign Reaper because his call sign was out there in the firefights, getting it all the time. So he, he was my OC, the officer commanding of the company I was in a Charlie company before I deployed to Afghanistan. And he was the one leader that, like I was a private at the time, really, really, I'm a young soldier, but I'm very motivated. He's a major and he's in the gym forcing two a day PT. So you have to work out twice a day. And he's down there with us for both of those sessions training with us. Um, a lot of the time you don't even see the OC. They don't, they don't um, mingle with the troops. He was down there with, whether you're a private corporal, the master corporal sergeants, he was with all of us you know, down in the dirt with us. And he led by example. So that's, that's my idea of like a leader. Mm -hmm. Did you, um, was he retired from deployment? I don't know if that's the correct term, but was he being deployed at that time anymore? Or was he, um... yeah, he was overseas. So he came overseas with me. Yeah. He came over and he still, now he's the CEO. So he's the commanding officer of the second battalion. So he just went up through the ranks. Now he's in, he's the boss. He's the, he's the head, head honcho of the second battalion right now. Okay. So would he still go out into the field then, like right now, if you're the commanding officer? Uh, yes, but just on his job now is to like coordinate at a much higher level. His job is planning the operation and then delivering those orders so that his subordinates can execute the mission. Okay. Interesting. I like this. This is fun. <laughs> how, uh, how far in were you when you got... Uh, deployed like how many years were you in i've been in battalion um i got there 2011 and i got deployed 2013 so i i mean that was that was i like i got in 2010 but after a year after basic training after combat school it was 2011 um by the time i got there so i had been in for three years and and qualified for two 
do you get to choose whether you go or not, or is it kind of thrust upon you? Not until like later on in your career. I mean, if you had like pressing personal reasons, um, family issues or anything like that, that came up and I mean, they'll adjust. But for the most part, if you're fit mentally and physically, you will be deployed. So for you now, is it just a matter of time to get deployed again or? Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm at, at a bit of a crossroads just where I've been in for about 10 years, 10 years now. Um, and I'm just kind of trying to figure out what what avenue I want to go down now. And I'm an instructor at a school. So that whole training system that I went through, it's kind of kind of cool to, to see 10 years later. Now I'm the instructor, right? I see all the candidates that come through the training system and I'm the one that's uh, teaching them. So that's that's been a cool um, transition. Um, and as an instructor, you're not going to be deployed. Your, your job is to train soldiers. So I've been in a really good position for the last two years um, where it's allowed me to focus on training, focus on CrossFit, focus on my passion outside of the military. Um, and it's, it gives me... A, as long as my classes are are prepped and I've and I'm at work to teach those classes to the candidates, um, I mean I have a lot of free time to exercise, which is awesome. Um, after this posting, so I'm posted to the school. I'm supposed to go back to the second battalion the summer of 2021. Um, then it'll be full time soldier soldiering again. So that's where I'm trying to figure out: Do I do an occupational transfer? to a different trade that will allow me to continue training uh, in CrossFit the way that I train now? Um, or do I release from the military and pursue something else? So I'm trying to weigh that out, figure all that out. I'm kind of leaning towards the occupational transfer to do a different trade, continue my service, um, and contribute to the military in a, in a different uh, fashion while I still can focus on, on CrossFit. Where do you where do you see yourself going? What are you still in that decision making process? Yeah, so I've 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 applied already for an occupational transfer. It's it is a process. I mean, they'll especially with this whole COVID nineteen situation, it's changed everything. So yeah. I don't even know if that's going to go through this year anymore because postings have been canceled. Um, but I was thinking something along the lines of um, I applied for image tech. So an image technician would be doing things like promoting the Canadian forces through photography and video. Um, so you go to like a media art school and kind of learn how to do, um, how to yeah. promote the, the military. Okay. You do know they probably don't want pictures of you, right? I'm hoping all pictures of me, tarps <laughs> off, uh, ammo across my chest, big C, C6 belt fed machine gun is going to be sick. I can't wait. That type. I want this all pictures, maybe like Miles, man, this project was due last week. Let's see what you got. It's just all pictures of me covered in baby oil. That's a calendar. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just a sexy calendar. That I would buy that. You should do a fundraiser. I'd like that. Um, when, did, when, did, when did you meet Vic? Yeah, Vic. Um, I met Vic 2011. We went to Hawaii. To go train with the United States Marine Corps. So we went down there. Uh, we did 
seven days on an aircraft carrier, the USS Essex, and then we mounted up in CH-53 Sea Stallions, and we did some fast roping on the court on the uh, coast of Hawaii. So we fast roped in, uh, did that insert, and then we stayed on the coast of Hawaii, and we did like a big training exercises with the U.S. Marines down there. Um, really, really cool. One of the best exercises I've been on, very professionally run. Um, it was all like military grade paintball simunition, we call it. So it's actual, actual projectile, but it shoots like, like, uh, a, a very fine paint, uh, projectile. So it, it hurts, it scars, like you bleed when you get hit. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. The U S Marines had like multi-million dollar training facility, a mock-up of Iraq. And, um, it had like sense, like a, or sorry, uh, uh, like a scent, machine where like you could you could smell gangrene in like the market or like in the hospital or like rotting meat in the market and like it was like super realistic it was really cool um and they had like bombs that were buried under obviously not that none that were gonna hurt us but like just uh mock-ups and uh yeah it was super cool really cool so anyways i met vic there um and then shortly after that, we got deployed, right? 2013, I was in the same company as him for a while. And then he was my section commander. I mean, we deployed in 2013, but workup training was a year, like a year long of just training and training and training for that deployment. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did workup training with him in 2012. And then we deployed together. He was my section commander overseas. So I was with Vic every day uh, in Afghanistan for six months. Every day we did we were part of a convoy op operations platoon. So we did convoys to and from uh, coalition camps, escorting whatever American contractors or whoever needed to be escorted, we provided security for them. Um, and yeah, we became really good friends over there. For sure. I, I imagine that like any friendship you have with someone in a day-to-day -day life regular, right? Like it, it's a beautiful thing, a friendship. And then when you take a friendship like that and you move it over to something where you guys are doing something like the military and putting yourselves in dangerous situations it amplifies that friendship into something that maybe means a little bit more than you know the casual day-to-day -day friendship yeah there's no question um i just don't i don't like i that definitely amplifies things. I mean, I, Vic has also done a lot for me, like it, through my life, like no matter what, I mean, the dude would take his shirt off his back uh, for somebody that he trusts and cares about. I mean, he's a very good friend of mine, um, but I have very few close friends. Like I don't hang out with a lot of people. I don't go out and party. I don't go do any of that stuff anymore. Um, I have a pretty tightly knit group and like, like you, you guys are it, like Dave, um and and vic really i mean the, i don't really hang out with a lot of people like saturdays was my favorite day of the week was to go to winnipeg and work out with rich like yeah that was my you know what i mean the rest of the time i'm just i'm just working out and training on my own so there's a difference between friends and brothers and like i have i got a few brothers and like th those are the, the people in my life that i consider brothers to me and vic's definitely one of those i mean he, he would be in that scenario, he would plan our routes to and from the camp, um, routes that were previously hit with IEDs, improvised explosive devices, you know, in the days pr prior. And I mean, I always trusted him. I never, I never questioned it. I, he never got us in trouble either. I mean, we came home safe. So, um, 
yeah, he's definitely somebody I, I would trust with my life. I love it. How long? So how long? So you guys were deployed together for six months. Yeah. And then after that, were you guys in separate, uh, separate? He got posted. Yeah, yeah. Vic got posted shortly after that. He got posted to Kingston. So he went to Ontario uh, to be a recruiter, like a military recruiter to recruit people for the military. He got posted out there for four years. So I mean, we stayed in touch. Um, that's kind of when he started, like competing in CrossFit and 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 doing CrossFit seriously somewhat seriously and um and he's like you know definitely developed a passion for it um and at that time i was boxing at the time i had i've i've always known what crossfit was i've dabbled with crossfit workouts um but never uh went to a box and did crossfit or competed in crossfit in any way Uh, i was boxing at the time like religiously like completely obsessed with it um and then I went down and watched Vic compete at the Granite Games. And I was like, man, this is fucking cool. Like, this is awesome. I was like, these guys are all just like, that was my favorite. Like, when we were, like, on our last podcast, talking to Quinn. And he's like, my favorite part of football was the training. And I was like, the same way, man. I loved training for boxing. Like, I would go run 10, 15K and enjoy every step of it. I would go skip rope for 45 minutes, an hour straight. I'd love it. I put my headphones on, visualize. I just love training. And then like when I was fighting, I, I love winning fights, but that, that build up to fights, man, like some of the worst anxiety I've ever had was stepping in the ring. Like I had horrible anxiety before it. I hated it. I hated it. Um, and I was like watching these people do CrossFit. I'm watching the Granite Games. And I'm like, man, these guys are competing in like what I love. Like they're competing in in training. Like this is this is really cool. I was like, they're like I, I I'd like to try this. So that's kind of where I first got the itch to try CrossFit. And um, yeah, when Vic moved back back here, that's when I got into it. Hell yeah. Yeah, he has some pretty funny stories. I remember you um, you talking about he uh, was it him? He he got to train with Fakowski once or something like that, or or Velner? Yeah. Was it Velner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like at an open announcement. Yeah, yeah, funny. At MCR, yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I like Vic. He's a cool dude. Um, he he straight up to to me at least. And maybe this is racist in some way towards Canadians. He looks like Patrick Fellner. Like oh, to me, yeah, it it's it blows my mind. Like some, he could if 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 you told me that he was his cousin, I would believe it, one hundred percent. Yeah, I know he gets that all the time, man. Yeah, yeah, crazy. I like it's insane. Far away, you'd think it's he's him. like he's just like Fellner, but just like way less fit. <laughs> i fucking love it yeah Way that's cool it. so so he would vic took it seriously for, to till like 2017 the timeline's a little fuzzy for me or 2013 yeah, and like i don't want to say like like there's definitely a period there's probably a year where he took it really seriously and like was really enjoying it but vic's just always been he's one of the one of the few guys man especially in the military you see a lot of guys that continue to just like play hard man like all throughout all the years and he vic was like has always had his shit together he was just like one of those guys that 
never got caught up in the partying. He always put his money away and invested into the right things. Um, and he's just got himself set up, man. Like he's got a nice home. He's, he's found somebody that he's very happy with and he's got his garage gym and he just likes to move and stay fit now. And like, I, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's awesome. Um, that's what he's doing now. And um, yeah. I, after I met him, we both, we were both really into it. I was living with him and we were doing CrossFit together every day. And I was, I was loving it, loving the process. And I'm just, a, I'm a, I'm a competitive person. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm fighting hard to keep up with you boys. And, but I also like to compete. Like I like, I like the idea of, Hey, I want to catch up to these guys. I want to give these guys a run for their money. Like I want to continue to grow and to push. And I mean, I, I believe I can do that. Yeah. Do you, do you still get that uh, competition anxiety? Or the... So, like, that's the thing I was going to mention. Like, not I don't get I don't get that with CrossFit. Like, I still get jitters for sure, even before an open workout or even before whatever. When I was going to rock, I'd get nervous before a workout. Like, it happens, but I definitely not to the point where like I'm like having a panic attack, like sitting there, like thinking about everything that could go wrong. I literally just I can just tell myself, hey just another workout you know let's have fun yeah but in boxing like your record is very important right like uh you... it, it's it's one of those things where like it's it's on there right like crossfit like when all four of us get together and we all work out together like there's not a little thing hovering above me that says five and five right yep. like five wins five losses like there's nothing like once we do a workout it's over and okay. everyone forgets about it right but in yeah. boxing, like if you lose, like it's just everything is so amplified, you know. The thing for me was like, you really put your pride on the line with boxing. Like you don't want to, you don't want to go in there and get knocked out in front of your friends and your family and everyone that comes to watch. Like I can go to a CrossFit competition, bomb an event. I went to the Dakota Games. I barely finished the 185 snatch, the 185 bar on the snatch ladder. Yeah. So it's like, you know what I mean? that sucks let's put it behind you move on to the next yep you bomb a fight you're laying on the ground knocked out bleeding yep and your and your 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 girlfriend your wife your friends or whoever are taking you to the hospital to get checked out because you just got a concussion uh you can't fight for another month because you just had a concussion you it, like it's a different game man and like you it's yeah it's just a different world yeah so what spurred boxing? Like, why why did you choose boxing? Did you just watch, like, a, a pay-per-view one night, and you're like, yep, I'm going to do it? You know what? It's like, dude, that's, that, like, when I said I love training, the thing that fired me up to box, I'm not even kidding, was skipping rope. I remember watching Floyd Mayweather skip rope. I'm, like, just insane, just ripping a, a skipping rope. And I'm like, man, that's cool. Like, he can tear it up. And I remember starting to skip, and I had skipped for years. I loved skipping rope, and I remember always finding Floyd Mayweather inspirational. And then I started hanging out with some guys that were in the Army that liked boxing. They were watching boxing, and we would rent the Floyd Mayweather pay-per-views, and we'd watch those. And then it was just kind of like falling down the like the YouTube like rabbit hole of watching like Floyd Mayweather videos. Check, oh, like, and I started reading about him and learning about his life and like 
Floyd Mayweather was a huge inspiration for me. I, like, I was like, this guy's unbelievable. And then I was just like, fell into the craft of boxing. I thought it was so cool being in the military, doing, you know, close quarter combat and like having done some martial arts and stuff definitely like probably helped. But the idea of, of pugilism, stand up fighting, striking was something that I, I wanted to get behind and try out. And I remember I went to the gym and fell in love with it still love it boxing's amazing love boxing mm-hmm. i love it does it bother you that he can't read Maybe. floyd i love that he can't read i love you know what i love about floyd floyd dropped out of school in like grade eight to train for the olympics i think it's like grade eight or nine or something whatever like when he was young to box to box the dude's the first billionaire athlete athlete the richest yeah. athlete on the planet there's no no athlete wealthier than him yeah. he did it he did it literally with his two hands the dude can't read the dude didn't finish school the dude dedicated his life to training and fighting 50 you know undefeated what can you say yep like and he, the the thing is is like what i always took from that is that intelligence isn't just like how well you read or how smart you are or when you read a book it you know how how much information you absorb there are so many spectrums for being smart and one of those for him is boxing his boxing iq is out of this world he may not be able to be able to explain it to you concisely you know but god damn can that man box and the things that he does are next level like they're playing everyone's playing chess and Floyd Mayweather is playing che- or is playing 4D chess, right? Like he's playing a cube of chess. There's just it's a cube, and he's you know like it's it's insane. He Floyd Mayweather is awesome. He flipped the game, man. He knows he knows that ring inside and out. He knows how to. When you looked at Muhammad Ali, like he danced around the ring. He was one of the first to do it, right? Muhammad Ali wasn't the best technical boxer. He just knew how to move. Floyd will do the same thing. He'll dance around the, the the ring. He'll take you into deep water until it's the tenth, eleventh, twelfth round. You're completely gassed, and then he'll take advantage of you. Yeah, like he he knows how to win. Yeah, his cardio is just out of this world. And yeah. even when he's retired, he's still training hard. I love it. I love it. Yeah, phenomenal athlete. Yeah, made Conor McGregor look like a bitch. You know, right? Um, and yeah, the first couple rounds were exciting because I thought, you know, oh my God, Connor's Connor's winning, and then yeah. like slowly, like he Mayweather's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start now, and you know, just started tapping away. Let Connor go ten rounds, I think something like that. I mean, for Connor to go in with the greatest of all, one of the greatest to ever do it, and last ten rounds, that says a lot. Connor's yep, no joke. For sure, the most definitely talented. But when it comes to Mayweather, like you, as much of a Connor fan as I am. You can't, you know, like Mayweather is the king, and he always will be. So. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Who do you think the greatest boxer of all time is? Do you think it's Mayweather just because of pure skill? or? That's a tough one. Like, I think you have to – in what respect? When you're looking at pure skills, I would definitely argue that. Like, Mayweather is one of the best defensive fighters of all time, without question. Probably the best defensive fighter of all time. How about legacy? But when, you at, when you look at influence – Yep. Like who Muhammad Ali had a, 
a worldwide influence. You go to Africa and ask someone who Muhammad Ali is, they know. Yeah. Um, so he was he was a, a much larger figure, I believe. He stood for something greater. Yeah. What about Tyson? Yeah, Mike Tyson, man. Just like if he had the right head on his shoulders, if he yes. had the right people behind him to guide him in the right direction, I mean, he would have been an unstoppable force. It's just on. There's no one else. Like that's another incredible story. I mean, someone who was brought up through the system uh, in juvie, found boxing, and just a, a very damaged individual who and wanted to inflict pain on you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> scary terrifying fighter and i mean when he met cuss customato like and and learned how to fight and cuss took him under his wing i think at like 10 years old like he was raised cuss said when he was 10 he said this is the next heavyweight champion of the world mm -hmm. and raised this kid day and night that's another kid you look at floyd look at look at the uh, anybody who's great in their craft it's dedication yep time yeah Mike Tyson now, he has a very good head on his shoulders. I've listened to his uh, podcast, Hot Boxing, where he gets high yeah. with guests. Very yeah. good show. Um, and, you know, like <laughs> it, it's kind of, you know, um, two opposite oh. things going on at the same time. But he has a really good head on his shoulders. Um, wow. And just the way his speeches, like when he talks about, like, how nervous he would get before a fight, it blows my mind because I would not think that Mike Tyson, the scariest man in the world, would be nervous. Right. Right. And he ta and he has those speeches, you know, and yeah. he bit someone's ear off. Right. Like there's so much to this man that he's just such yeah. a mystery. I love him. Yeah. Well, now he's just got a few years under his belt and he's just has that life experience where he's actually he's wise, man. He's lived yeah. through it all. He had all the money in the world and gave it all up and, and you know, learned those lessons. And he's got has a cool story. And I think he's a very humble individual as well. Yeah. Have they made a movie about him yet? I would I would love to watch that. Ooh, I like you would think so. I don't. I don't think they have. They should make a Hollywood Tyson movie. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. I'll see. Me I'll too. watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Miles, how much time do you have left? About ten minutes. You have ten minutes. Okay. Can you uh, can you talk about? I don't know how much you're willing to talk about it, but your uh, your journey through special forces uh, selection. I know you've told yeah. me some of it. And it's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll throw out there right now just for anybody who's like listening to this like i was i was never selected for um uh the special sfc like your special forces course that's for csor or jtf2 there's a special operations assaulter course um so i was never actually special forces however i attempted to um, accomplish that and I finished both selection processes for both CSOR and JTF too. So I've done the seven day selection for JTF, finished it, and the eight day selection for CSOR and finished that as well. So yeah, I can talk about it 100%. Um, I won't get into any like specific details because it is something that is, um, that shouldn't be talked about. It's something that anybody who's going down that that path they should have to experience firsthand and react to those situations firsthand but yeah i got no problem talking about it so what made you want to try to do that just to think like how do how do you further yourself like what would be the next step and that was what you came up with or yeah i think definitely like I mean, probably the same for you guys. It's like, why did you start CrossFit and, or like when you started CrossFit, why did you want to compete and why did you want to, I mean, 
I, I don't think it's wrong for me to say like why do you why do you want to go to the CrossFit Games like why you know what I mean like why do you want to be the best in what you do so for me it was just it was how can I be the best and those guys are the best in what they do and so I mean I aspired to do that it was just common sense for me to 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 go that route and I have some friends that had the same mindset and we both attacked it together and um you know I knew people in that world and I thought it was something that that suited me um so I went for it oh yeah now was it was it a I want to be the best or is it I want to be with the best you know, both. Like, I wanted to work with like-minded people. I wanted to work with people who wanted to be there. Like, in the military, sometimes you get people who get caught up in it and they're there because they put in, you know, 10, 15 years and they have a pension at the end of the road. And it's not about passion anymore. When you go to a special operations regiment or um, you go to any sort of special forces unit, those individuals are deeply invested and they all want to be there. So I wanted to work with the best too. Yeah, that makes sense. I've heard um, similar things of like uh, um, in, in Band of Brothers specifically, you know, I, and that's most of my military knowledge. Um, but, you know, they said the Airborne Division, people who parachuted in, yeah. like those were the best trained soldiers. And yep. a lot of those guys signed up for that because they wanted to make sure that the person next to them was the best trained soldier that 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 was there next to them, right? And like to me, like that is one hundred percent what I want would want to do as well. Like, hey, yeah. like if the guy to my right has my back, I want to make sure he's the best, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. And there's no question. And like, where do you want to be, right? Do you want to be in the scale division or do you want to go RX? Like, that's literally like what it was. It was like, do like you know what i mean like do you want to go play with the big boys and that's what they do man and like those guys all the special operations units like if you want to if you want to get deployed and actually have like a global impact on like what's happening today in the world like those are the guys that are doing it and you don't hear about it yeah i love it that's so cool yeah so yeah yeah like the whole selection process like it's very like extremely like whatever i'll get into it a little bit it's super very grueling process right like i knew what i knew i had an idea what i was going to get into you can watch like a series if you wanted to if you wanted to watch it's called surviving the cut um there's some pretty cool series um or episodes on there about different military units and some of the selection processes so I, I had an idea of what I was going to get into, had watched some like Navy SEALs, BUDS training and stuff. I had done SEAL fit with Mark Devine, um, some pretty challenging training. Um, and I just trained specifically with a friend of mine who had already done the selection process. He got deferred. He got told to come back in two years. Um, and he said, hey, man, like I went and I finished. He's like, he's like, I believe you can do this um train with me and so i did it i trained with my with a close friend of mine and we trained hard man we trained about four times well three times a day one of those sessions was a yoga session because we knew um mobility was going to be an issue like you will sit um in, in stress positions for for hours on end for long durations of time with um um yeah some very very like almost disturbing situations yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I did JTF selection first. That was seven days, like, of, like, yeah, very little sleep, like, no sleep, 
Um, you, you know, maybe an hour of sleep a night, uh, broken up an hour here, an hour there, they'll toss you a little bit of time to catch a nap. Um, but seven days straight of just grueling, um, physical and psychological testing. Um, How did you, you do, do a lot of really cool different kind of like some of the coolest things I've done where like all the stuff that isn't allowed to happen in the army because it's not ethical, like is allowed to happen there like it's game on like they'll they'll sandbag you hose you down till you're hypothermic um zap strap your hands behind your back and and put you in like some some pretty pretty cool situations actually um they test all your phobias so your height uh, the three main ones are heights confined spaces and water so um some pretty cool testing that gets done there um really quick how do they test you what what do they do for height yeah, like I, I can't really get into the detail okay, okay, of okay. it. I'll say I'll say that like you they take you up to a very, very high um building. You're on the top of a very high building and they make you carry out uh different different tasks at very high heights, uh, to see if you're able to um function. Okay. That's all I need to know. I was just curious. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, totally. Awesome. All good. Yeah, the con- confined space is super cool, too. Like, really, that's one I'd never tested. You know what I mean? I never really, other than, like, being in the trunk of a car or something, like, when I was drunk at a party as a kid, like, I'd never really been in really tight spots. And it was like, that was eye-opening. I, I was fine, but it was like, this is uncomfortable. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put get me getting buried when I'm dead in, or alive in a coffin is my one of my biggest fears. Yeah, that'd be yeah. horrible. Yeah, being buried alive. Yeah, scary. Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Miles? Oh no, man, no, it's all good. Yeah, I have like, one I question. Mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. I have one What's question. Up? Um, I think I've asked you this before, but not on the podcast. Um, the physical aspect of it, I'm guessing easy, right? Like for you, it was it was hard, but you know, like that wasn't the toughest part. Was for there? Selection. What was it? First for selection when I did selection. Yeah, yeah. Like, what was the toughest part for you? I'll tell you that, and they said this at the end of the selection process too. Like, man, I trained so hard. I trained so hard, and I smoked people, man. Like, I I was. I, I dummied people, dude. I fit, was, showed up very physically prepared. Like people, some people's feet were like hamburger meat, man. I didn't have a single blister on my feet. I was fine. Like then they finish and you do like pure testing, pure assessment. And the instructor's like, we don't give a fuck how fit you are. Like, we don't care about your fitness. Like we care about many, many, many other things. Fitness can be trained. You can teach someone how to be fit, right? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, to me at least, like if someone comes fit and ready to go, to me yeah. that says a lot about their character and how hard they're willing to push, you know. And again, if it if if someone is a little slow in the books, that can be taught, right? Like that can be learned just as much as fitness. You know what I mean? Like I yeah, I see someone I who's fit and ready to go, and maybe they just have a tough time with this concept. You know, like you can. You can teach that. You can get that. And then when they get to the field, they know it and they're fucking fit. You know? 100%. And, and like, I think that's like the biggest takeaway from that is like, I'm, I'm very, very proud to have finished those selection processes. So many. 
man, so many. Like we started with over 150 people on Seesaw Selection, and like 30 of a 30 some of us finished. Um, for JTF, we started with like 30 some, and like six of us finished. Like I mean, there's it was a test of your mental fortitude, and like I know I have that between the years. Like I can push when I need to push, right? Yeah. Well, definitely, definitely speaks to your character in in that sense for sure. Um, but it also takes a certain kind of person to be in that world. And I don't know. I think you know what is everything happens for a reason, and maybe I'm not wired that way. If I think about it now, like, do I want to go overseas and 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 take lives? Not really, man. Like, not what I'm into anymore. Like, I would rather uh, improve people's lives and give back to people and and live what I consider a fulfilling and happy life. So everything happens for a reason. I'm really happy with where I'm at and um, with what I'm doing now. I love it, man. Full circle. Awesome, man. I think that's a good note to end on. Yep. Cool. Sounds like you're getting busy, Miles. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I'll, I got a piece out, but I'll get a message you boys in a little bit, man. Really good to talk to you guys. Um, yeah, we'll link up here. We'll do another one next week. Yep. yep. Every week, forever yeah. and eternity. Okay, beautiful. Have a good night, guys. Talk to you later. All right, see you. Guys. See ya. Yeah,